grace for grace. If, if, if that is a, an intro, that's a phrase that I can refer to, and connecting the dots. But that is obviously something which I derive from the scriptures, but you can do a quick thesaurus search and you won't find it there to connect the dots. But connecting dots and grace for grace is, is, is what, what I would like to emphasize. John chapter 1 verse 16. For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received and is shared and we, all supply, we are supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon, upon gift. From grace to grace and grace for grace. So I would like to, to, to quickly have a, uh, an, an overview, an idea this morning as to how each one of us can go from grace and grace for more grace. Because we want to receive everything that God has in mind for us. He's paid the full price. He made the full provision. But Jesus made it clear. You receive in accordance with your faith and more. But there is an expectation that needs to be created, and we can be wise in cooperation and cooperating with, with, with God in receiving more grace for grace. And um, I'm also addressing us uh, in our capacity as call it disciples. But, you know, whatever word you might use, it might create different mind, mind pictures in people's minds. Or, you, or being a student of Jesus or a disciple. A disciple might, in some people's minds, create a picture of some weirdo. <laughs> and if you refer to a, a, disciple, a student of Jesus, some folk will think, no, that's way too theoretical. But whatever suits you and whatever's of assistance, use that. Because God said... The scriptures state that if we stay in his word, we are truly his disciples and we will bring glory to God. So this is, is aimed at being of assistance to stay in his word so that, he can, that one can bear glory to your own satisfaction, to your own benefit, but ultimately to the glory of God. Now, before I, I address or, or mention some things to, to, to go from, from glory to glory, it's very simple stuff. I'm, I, I want to touch very quickly on, on things that can stand in, stand in the way. And I'm doing that because it's of assistance. It's not, uh, but you'll see, I'll, I'll go through it rather, uh, rather quickly because we don't want to study darkness. However, if the word contains cautions, it is wise to heed those cautions so that you are not distracted. In Psalm 78, verse 41, it speaks that they were limiting Israel, or the, the people of, of, of old, that they limited God. And in verse 42, it mentions they remembered not what he's done in the past. So I want to make an appeal and address each and everyone's memory, because having a memory of God is a blessing which is available to each one of us. And 
If one's got difficulties and remembering things, the Holy Spirit will deal with those things and bring great memories and great remembrances, bring it back. So, but how do you limit God? Or how can God be limited? There are many things. And as I said, we don't want to major on darkness or we don't want to major on limitations. We want rather to, to focus on those things that, that, that empower the, the word of God. Uh, think of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It says, pray that the word of the Lord will run swiftly and be glorified. So there is a role that we as, as Christians, as disciples, as students, followers of Jesus, children of God the Father in heaven, that we can do in order to, to expedite, to make things happen quicker and more. It's, it's not just a passive thing. It's not hard work because we don't do it alone. We do it with the aid and with the guidance of, of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but ignorance in spiritual matters is never it's never good. It's, it's ignorant to be, it's great to be ignorant of evil, but ignorant of, of spiritual things is not a good thing. Hence Jesus said, I think Matthew chapter 22, thereabout he said that you're ignorant of both the word and the power. We don't want to be ignorant. We want to, to be skilled in the word of God, not just an intellectual way, but to use it properly. And we don't want to be trapped by fables, as I've read at the outset. We want to declare and show the majesty of the power of God. This is of critical importance, because otherwise one is just in, engaging in, in some form of, of unhealthy, un, untrue religion. So, but how can, how can uh, the word be limited? One of the things that the word can be limited is to, uh, perhaps if I can pause and just backtrack, what can also be of assistance in the back of your mind is the parable of the sower. I take it that all of us are uh, well-versed with the, the parable of the sower. My favorite, uh, or the one that I know best, appears in Mark chapter 4. And uh, it is rich, and we know that there Jesus himself spoke about the word and what, and, and what prevents the word of, of yielding good, sustainable fruit. Uh, cares, worries, desires for other things and, 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 and not being rooted and the like. So I'm, I'm just men mentioning that as a backdrop so that it will be uh, giving a bigger picture perspective of, of, of what I'm conveying. It will make it much simpler to understand, and it will give one perspective. It's, I like to, to, to see things in the bigger picture, to sweat the small stuff, the simple things, but to, 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 to put it in perspective in a helicopter view or from a view from the mountain, as it were. I've just been thinking as, we've, uh, as we were worshiping earlier how things look different, quite different from the top of a mountain. I've just re we've just returned from a family holiday some weeks ago, and we spent uh, a day on top of, of Table Mountain. And I must say that things look different from that perspective than from the other perspective where you look up to the mountain. So the mountain perspective, the bigger picture, 
is the parable of the sower. So, and, and, and there Jesus himself addressed this thing of choking things. So we want the word to be unchoked. We want the word to run freely and to be glorified. And we want to go from grace to grace, but we also should expect to receive grace, to receive, to receive more grace. There's nothing from ourselves. We receive everything. But the more that we receive, the more we can expect. So in uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 13, it talks about traditions of men. It's human habits. So human habits dilute the word. It's mainly, and I'm not giving an exhaustive list, and I don't want to focus on that, but I think it's worth a while to run past it, is those human interpretations, add-ons that have a, a diluting effect on the word. Think about, about finances. No, no, it's actually not true. Um, and it, it puts one in the perspective that, that from God you can expect poverty, but from your own hard work as, as, as a good Protestant and as a good Calvinist, you can, uh, expect, um, you can expect return on your, your labor and you expect a good increase at the end of the year if you're a salary drawer or you expect a return on your investments or if you're a farmer, you expect something on your harvest. But you don't expect that from God. It just sets one up for double-mindedness. And many other examples. Uh, these things often manifest where human traditions come into play is a lack of simplicity. A lack of simplicity. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul mentioned, he says, that I fear that, that you've been beguiled from the simplicity which is in Christ Jesus. So whenever things become unnecessary, complicated, complex. It is a little telltale sign that perhaps in, in, the, in the things of, of God and of the word of God, because we know that the word of God is a powerful, it's like a two-edged sword, but these things have a blunting effect or stand in the way of the word running, having a free course, returning, achieving, achieving God's uh, objectives in our lives. It does have an effect that it becomes complicated. It becomes confusing. And that is often the result of human, human stuff. Where human add-ons to the word also often manifest that one can start focusing on all sorts of other things. Instead of a, a simple preacher of the gospel or a person that is excited about the gospel of Jesus Human traditions can trip one up to be more concerned about church reformations and church governance, how things should be organized. And then you can see believers getting involved in all sorts of politics, divisive stuff, intrigues, scheming. That is a result there where one has taken the eye off the simplicity which is in Christ Jesus. These are just little examples, and I'm not... Obviously, not uh, doing any advertisements for, for those examples. But whatever takes the simplicity away. Then, with the simplicity which is in Christ, it's not to say that God is expecting us or that one should dumb things down. <laughs> it's simplicity and elegance and beauty 
and nice things and wisdom are not mutually exclusive. So enough of, of, of those things that limit the word of God. But anything that limits the promises of God is something that one or believes or little pet doctrines is that it's best to, to avoid it. It is best to, to avoid it. Then in Luke 24, the context is, let's read from verse 5. And as they were afraid, I'm reading from the King James. And as they were afraid, bowed down and their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke, on, spoke unto you while he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And they remembered his words. And that is something that I would like to to emphasize. But at verse 24, the Amplified, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and they found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O foolish one, sluggish of mind, dull of perception, and slow of heart to believe. So not to, to be uh, remembering, quickly to make the, the dots of what God has said and what he's saying again makes one slow to believe, slow of heart. And that stands in the way of, of having the word to run its free course. Uh, but to be, uh, to be quick to remember his words is something that I would like to, to emphasize. In John chapter 1, verse 47 to 42, uh, I'll, I'll briefly go there. Nathaniel, verse 47. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said concerning him, See, he is an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile, no deceit, no falsehood, no duplicity. And Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? How is it that you know these things about me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered, Teacher, you are the Son of God. He got the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. You are the King of Israel. Jesus replied, Because I said to you, I saw you beneath the fig tree. Do you believe and rely and trust in me? You shall see greater things than this. So to be excited by small things of the Spirit that might be insignificant that sets one's heart open it gives you grace for more grace so not to despise or not to count small things or small beginnings to count those things properly is a wise thing to do it sets one up to receive more grace for more grace then also, and they remembered his words, uh, Mark 11, uh, verse 21. It, it refers to, to when Jesus uh, spoke to the fig tree 
and it yielded no fruit after that that it withered. That, that, is, that is something that I'm just placing in our minds. Uh, and verse 20, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter calling to remembrance, Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered him, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in, and, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he said. So Peter remembered something. It's a very simple thing. He was a dot connector. And he said, look, Jesus, that what you've done, it's, it came to pass. And immediately it, it, it appears that Jesus does not actually give uh, attention to the topic of hand, but he takes it from one revelation to a major revelation. Mark 11 is, 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 is big stuff. It's important stuff. And um, it's a huge revelation. And therefore it's important to, to make use of, of times of worship to to say things and to declare things and to speak to those mountains because worship music helps one to be go to actually go beyond your own imagination, goes beyond your own revelation. It's very important to have a personal own revelation of Jesus, but there is a collective. And one learns from, from other people. And it takes time sometimes to get to put revelations uh, and realizations from the Word together. It takes many mornings and and then a person comes and he condenses it and put it into it in an hour and boom, it's yours. Uh, so that is a great revelation that he just received there because he asked questions. So I want to encourage us to ask questions to the Spirit of Jesus with an expectation to be answered. Because if you don't have an expectation, one is not really in faith. So expect an expectation, a reward, as it were, for, for those answers that you ask in faith. Also in uh, Matthew chapter 17, also in 21, uh, it, it, uh, the fig tree is explained, and Jesus answered them. So when you see, when one is asking questions, expect answers from from God. Also, in, in, in times of when it appears that one did not achieve the success that you've received, you've prayed for, for a situation, you knew what the word said, but you did not get your results. It's not to draw back and to go for diluted traditions and rather to think, no, but that is not what the will of God is. It's just to pause and to ask him privately, as it, as it were, um, for questions. The, the background to Matthew chapter 7 verse 18 is the disciples had a difficulty with a, with, with a person who had, had some difficulties with, with, with unclean spirits. And verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was cured instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus and asked privately, why could we not drive it out? They've asked questions, and Jesus gave them an answer, and he did not make them feel, feel bad or something. He just encouraged them, and he said, 
for truly I say to you, if you have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to another place and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So in asking questions, they got answers and encouragements to go for more from grace to grace and not to be despondent. And uh, not just to leave something that is something which, which is, which is too high and it's too difficult for for for, for one to do. Uh, but then, in when one is asking questions to to God, also to expect Him, the Spirit of Jesus, to ask ask questions. Matthew chapter sixteen. And it's well known to us that uh, Jesus asked them, what do the people say? And then they've answered some questions. Some say this and some say that. And, and, but then Jesus asked this, this, this critical question. He said, but who do you say I am? And, that, and then Peter had the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah, that is the Christ, like Nathaniel had in John chapter 1. And he told him, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. It is very important. I want to emphasize that. Uh, it's, it's important to have a healthy, communal Christian life. To be open for the preaching of the word like, like we are. To put a high emphasis on that. But to go for, for balance... And for all things, is also to answer questions privately, difficult things, to know what the answer is for yourself. Because Jesus will be asking those questions to us, what do you say? Then he doesn't ask, what is your favorite A-lister minister say? What is, um, and those people will be speaking the truth, because you should not be interested in people who dilute the word. And they will be of assistance. But God is not interested in, in what your favorite minister is saying. He will ask you, what do you say? So to nurture that private, and that comes from asking private questions. Jesus could see that this Peter guy, with, and, and we've heard many things about him, the apostle Peter, that he was a question asker. And he was a dot connector. Because he realized that this tree that Jesus cursed, it happened. And therefore, Jesus could ask him that question, and he had that answer. So it's important to, to, to emphasize that again. For important questions that you have to get your own answer, to be able to say what you say, what you know, it, will, it might not be, and chances are that it will not be in conflict of what your favorite minister says, or a person of prominence might be saying, or your A-lister, as, as I referred to it in, informally, and, 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 and just being a relaxed fellow. But what do you say? Most important. And that comes from asking questions and expecting answers. From grace to grace, but grace for grace. Then also something of this business of connecting the dots. Connecting the dots, uh, a person who was excellent at, in, in helping 
a prophet of note to connect the dots was Eli. And we know that Eli does not, and I'm speaking with respect, he does not appear in the hall of fame, of faith in, in Hebrews. <laughs> and no one has got Eli as his favorite. Of, I haven't encountered that, but I'm, I venture I can, I can take judicial notice that nobody would take Eli as his example. But Eli did something very well. And if he could do that, we can also do that as members of the royal priesthood. We are also priests, and humility is to accept what God says about you. Uh, is we can be dot connectors for others in our relationships and discussions and healthy conversations with them, but also in our private lives. Because in 1 Samuel 3, Samuel, when he went, and you know the story very well, when, when Eli realized that God is calling this young lad, and then he connected the dots and say, say, answer God, and, and, and we know the story well. So if Eli was a dot connector, we can be dot connectors. Peter was a dot connector. But dot connecting is, if someone can come up with a more elegant term in due course, Share that with me and I will let it go. But the principle is what I'm after. Is, is the, the blind people in, in Luke 17. Since it's only a couple of chapters back, I might as well just go there. Leapers correction, not blind people. <laughs> Verse 17. Verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were leapers, which stood far away. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, must have mercy on us. And when he, had, when he saw them, he said unto them, Go sh show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory, to, gave, to give glory to God except the stranger. And he said unto them, he said unto him, Arise, go, thy faith had made thee well. So he came back and he, he expressed thanks. And God took that, Jesus took that as faith. And we receive by faith. So thankfulness, to connect the dots, to realize something small, something small was from God, sets one up, puts you in a position for grace, for more grace. So, uh, I actually uh, forgot why I intended at the outset to mention that we're, gonna, that we're in for an interactive hour. And then <laughs> I knew that some folks like it. They like interactive church. And, uh, you know, it's a Q&A and it's a free-for-all and, and, uh, and, and the like. And, but I have not discovered that part of my personality for, for, for theatrics and for interactive things and Folks like Estelle, and they take more naturally to that. But the interaction, 
Yeah, I, I dare say. Uh, the, inter- <laughs> the interaction that I've had in mind is that you will interact with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will bring things, questions that you've asked, bring answers to you. And as I speak, I trust that the Holy Spirit will connect dots and that thankfulness will arise in your heart. Because thankfulness sets the scene for more. And think of it. Once one is in a position of... I don't want to mess this up. Uh, Once one is in a state of being thankful... When you're in a state of gratitude, you are not in fear. You're not in worry. You're not in care. You're not in in anger. You're not in pride. You are not unfulfilled. It's one of the best states that I can think of that that can fill one. If if your senses and your heart and your mind and your very spirit, and it should also go into your body. It can go into your body of thankfulness. And that, that comes with, with connecting the dots, acknowledging things, to be a, a student that pays attention to a person that is quick to remember, not a person that is only looking for, for the, the next big, uh, big thing. Remember, the next big, uh, best thing and big thing, I'm not speaking against that. We, Corinthians state that, that it's amazing the stuff that the Holy Spirit has prepared for us, for us in, as, as individuals going forward. There are amazing things waiting upon us. Nathaniel got excited when Jesus saw him under the tree and Jesus spoke about his heart. And Jesus said, you get excited about this, I will, you will see greater things. So it is the, the Jeremiah 33 things, ask of me and I will show you things that you don't see. But I dare say that you will, one will not see those greater things if the small things, if you don't acknowledge them. Because those small things put grace for grace. I hope that comes, comes across, and I've indicated earlier about the interaction, that the Holy Spirit, and I trust that the Spirit of God, and so help me God, will bring things in your heart now that will make you thankful. Things that you've asked Him, it's happened, and there's a fresh challenge, and you might forget about it. A person who was also a great dot connector was, was King David. Before he faced Goliath, he did basic sports psychology. He did basic sports psychology. And he reminded himself that he took care of a bear. He took care of a lion. And then that brought faith into his heart to take care of Goliath. And that was a game changer in history. The whole, the history of, of civilization or the world as we know it would have been altered if David did not achieve his objective from that day. So he was a dot connector. And those things, grace, bring grace. Grace for grace and boldness for boldness and thankfulness to receive, to receive more. Uh, so David was a great dot connector. Now often, in simple things, one is tempted to think that it would have happened just of now. And as, or it would, have had, uh, it would have happened in any event. So as I've been thinking about, about this very thing, is very simple examples came up to my mind. Is 
is to, because one is tempted something, sometimes not to go back to thank God. It's not that God has got ego problems. I'm speaking with respect. But it's good for us to give thanks because it opens our hearts to receive. Jesus said, you receive in accordance with your, your faith. Thankfulness, faith, grace, you can't separate those things from, from, from one another. And Nathaniel got excited about, about uh, Jesus having that word of knowledge of him standing under the tree. It just shows that one should desire spiritual gifts. Words of knowledge, because many folks ask, but what's the knowledge of you, know, you knowing a person's name? God calls people by their names. It, I always get excited about those small things. And just little premonitions or nudgings in one's heart might sometimes be of the smallest things, but, and it's easy to overlook them. Because not everybody asked about the, withered, about the withered tree. Peter asked. And a, a very simple example that I want to cite from, from, from my own memory, and, and on purpose I make it simple, because it was the chances that it might impress my audience might be limited. <laughs> but when I realized that, it had a huge effect on me, and that's the principle that I want to, to put across. This one day, I was just running through our lounge, and there I got this idea to send a WhatsApp to, to a guy. Uh, he's, he's currently in Canada. His name is Franz. And because God knows my, my way of speech and my things that I think it's funny. He doesn't have a difficulty with that. And I thought, all that I'm going to send him is a WhatsApp that's a lack of France. That is just a simple thing to say to a person. So I popped that into him, and he got back. And the next day, I discovered that th that was his birthday. I don't do Facebook. I don't do Facebook. No difficulties. There are some Facebookers in our family. I'm not one of them. But I don't know these things often because Facebook, I've noted that the Facebook folks know many things. They've got lots of intelligence about birthdays and the like. But that was so excited to me because I could have pushed that little premonition or that nudge that I, I just saw this guy's friendly face and I thought, okay, let me just remember him. And that's a, it's a stupid thing to, to say. But that was great to me because God remembered his birthday. That guy was important to God, and it was important to God to, to, to share his importance with me. So I know what God thinks about that guy. And I could have said, no, this is a silly thing, because I was in a rush. So I thought, let me do the I send it off. And that is a simple exercise where I, when I discovered the dots the next day, that it was a blessing. But grace for grace, it creates boldness to go for those more risky things where the opportunity to make a fool out of oneself is more because then suddenly you don't care because even if you do err in the process, you've tasted the reward and the taste of the reward will give one an appetite to go for things. Another example where these things of dot connecting where one might think in the simple things if, if I may, may, may just pause on this thing of the simple things, let's, uh, I would like to remind us of, and that's where Eli was, was a great 
dot connector uh, is in one Corinthian uh, correction, one Kings nineteen. I talk about the voice of God, and you know, and that there was there was a storm, and there was wind, and it states the record of the scripture states, and the but the voice of God was not. And then it says a still small voice. We need to nurture, to respect the still small voice, and that comes up by just sending a silly text message where you realize afterwards God remembers that person on the very on a different continent in a different hemisphere and it stirs faith grace for grace dot connecting to say thanks to God for for things that might appear be, to be small but that is like it, that is like faith like a mustard seed or the mustard seed of mustard seeds, the, the beginning of, of, of that. And then also to, to be thankful and to acknowledge God or to connect the dots. Some time ago, I've actually got, I've got the evidence on, on, on my telephone. I got a text from, from Irma. I'm in the lounge. She's upstairs. So she texts me. It's, it's easier. <laughs> we, 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 we're on good terms, but we, we do... <laughs> We do text one another in our house. We, we, we phone one another as well. well I, I make phone calls and the like when, when I don't want to, to annoy the neighbors or to walk about. So I got this text. I thought, what is this now? I need to do something now. Something's, I, f- I first thought, no, man, I'll attend to this later. But then I attended to it. And then she says, a text. Um, it's, it's a request for prayer. And it says, uh, this friend of my daughter and her father has been hijacked and they don't know where they are. After choir practice one Tuesday evening. So this is like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And just before that, the day before that, I asked God some, well, I just mentioned some things to God. And then when I opened up my my Bible, it just struck where it says, for the servant, uh, for, for I, do it, take, uh, I act upon the words of my servants, Isaiah 44, there around. And then I thought, yeah, my words do count with God. And then I say, watch this space. They will be found soon and they will be good. Boom, low in the bolt. And, and then I, as I said that, I spoke with God, I said, look, I don't know those people, but if I put myself in that position with my daughter being hijacked and being taken hostage or whatever, that that bad stuff, I know what God's heart will be for that. And same for for these dear people. Because not all stories have good outcomes. And... uh, And just after I've done that, I got the next thing. They've been found. Okay. So, so then what one can actually think is it had nothing to do with your prayers. They would have been found. We know about people that have not been found. We know about bad stories. So then it takes faith that I matter with God. I will connect the dots. I will boast in God and tell people about these things. Up to a point that I see that they, they like it and they don't like it, then I'll push it a bit and then I'll back off. 
but I will, I will boast in God. Because it sets the scene for next things. It will set the scene for next things. Um, then, late last week, Emma tells me, because this is Facebook and, and these things that I don't do. It's not because I'm not disciplined. It's just that, oh, that I'm more dis- Perhaps I am. No, I'm just praising myself. Uh, frivolity aside. And she says that there's a, a school child that was dropped off at a music lesson at one of the schools in, 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 in our neighborhood. And this child, this girl child, this, this somebody's daughter is missing. And then comes back about this friend of my daughter comes to my mind. And I say, okay, let's make these pronouncements, declarations, that she'll be found. There will be a simple explanation. There might be some embarrassment, but this child will be, will be good. Lo and behold, two days later, it came out. Yeah, and there was some naughtiness or some, you know, kids do unwise things. But, you know, that unwiseness and the, the, the embarrassment and that she was busted of, of doing very unwise things, that is small to be paid. It could have been something else. It could have been a bad story. So now it's more, more of a, a naughty story, which is forgotten. You know, it's, well, people like myself make mistakes, and I forgive myself very quickly. And, and people, they sometimes catch up with that. Yeah. <laughs> Is, but that's a dot connecting thing. To be thankful for those things because it creates confidence, it creates boldness in the face of the enemy that one does not turn back. To call into existence those minor mountains, your Drakensbergs, or the local copy, so that one can speak the Malayas into the sea. It comes from grace to grace, not to small, uh, to, to to, to sweat the small things. What a tree, because most people are tree lovers, a tree that received correction from Jesus and that stopped its nonsense forever, the fig tree. What's the significance of a fig tree? But that set the scene for that major revelation of Mark chapter 11, of our words speaking in faith, calming the seas, speaking peace to the oceans, speaking Mountains of problems into, um, into, into the sea. It comes from those things, asking questions, expecting answers. And when he questions us, he expects an answer, what we personally think. It's very important for God what your personal, or what each and every personal one, what your questions are. If one is ignorant, he will adjust you and he will ask you more questions or refer you back to the scriptures. Or you will know that your answer is not good. So that is something about uh, connecting the dots, being thankful, and talking about things. Talking about things, it's, it's important because you, re, you reenact that. One's wiring, your conditioning uh, is set up, and it helps one for grace to grace because... We do not want to receive the grace of God in vain. 2 Corinthians 6, is there is a caution. Do not receive the grace of God in vain. But then in, in Titus 
chapter 2, around verse 14, 15, says that grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and to, to, to take up godly things. But grace is also a teaching thing, grace for grace. So grace sets the scene for, for, for more grace so that we don't receive the grace of God in vain and to steward the grace that is given to us to receive to receive more. Then, uh, so those were those simple examples, but I think that they, they fit well with the simplicity which is in Christ Jesus. Because a child that has been, or a family that is not uh, part of the statistics because of words, I dare say that I take God upon his word when he says that my words do count, that it might have, no, it did have an effect that folks would not stand at, at graveyards and being statistics. So we do count. And to connect the dots and to thank God about those things and to talk about those things, it stirs faith in one's own ears and also you bring, you bring faith to your hearers. Salt. Sound speech that not con can, that, that cannot be condemned, that, that one may impart some grace to your hearers. These little reenactments. Uh, then, also something which is very important that I want to emphasize that one helps one from, from grace to, 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 to grace. And 1 Timothy 1.18, and this is a place where I've seen great prophecy. I've benefited from grace prophecy. Uh, but we also know that prophecy is something which is easily despised for, for various reasons, for poor receiving or for poor giving or whatever. I don't want to discuss that word because we want to go for, for the real thing. Is in 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul encourages Timothy and say, fight the good fight by the prophecies that have, I'm paraphrasing, that have been made concerning you earlier. So in those tough times, in those difficult days, to go and to think and to be reminded. Because remember, we are urged not to, to, to remember, not to, to, to be quick to forget. But the beautiful thing is we have the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate aid memoir, the ultimate person who reminds us, bring things to remembrance. John 14 says that the Holy Spirit will remind you of what Jesus already said. So as we sit here, it's time for an interaction period, and I trust that the Holy Spirit will, as he's already stirred some connecting the dots, that he's already brought some thankfulness and gratitude into each and every heart, sitting, creating, uh, setting the scene for more, that he will also remind you about things that he's already indicated to you. Scriptures, words that st stood you in good stead in the past that might be applicable at this very hour. Also prophecies that might go back many years ago. For instance, these prophecies about finances, because at one stage I couldn't understand that. I've, I, I wondered at one stage, and, I've, and I joked about that, I wondered if, if, if I had the appearance of, of a poor person that... <laughs> That visiting ministers might thought, oh, you're a poor person. Um, 
let me speak some, 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 some wealth into your way. But, you know, uh, I realize that, but that, that is just, uh, obviously that's not the answer, but these are some of the type of things. But the real answer was, during those dark days of lockdown, when the folks who work for themselves, and suddenly <laughs> the economy came to, to an end, at first I was okay, then it came really to an, uh, to an end, and then one is tempted for the word to be choked in your heart. Cares and worries. Then that word comes to, but power and finances, that one will not be ashamed in finances and the like. And then suddenly, uh, I live from miracle money. And at first, my ego didn't like that. Or my sense of, a sense of pride didn't like that. But then these things happen. Because you couldn't work, but then there's miracle money coming from strange places. That is the result of that, that one can receive that. So fight the good fight by the prophecies that have been made concerning you earlier. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of that. Uh, then also as an individual, uh, and 1 Timothy 4.15, it states, it, Paul, Paul gives us very good advice. And these things help one for your mind to be renewed, for your mind to be guarded, and for for faith in the word of God to enter one's very soul. Because remember, I've indi indicated earlier of, of just small little things that we can do to set ourselves up for grace upon grace, to receive that what God paid for into our lives. Uh, Verse 15, meditate upon these things, of First Timothy chapter 4. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto yourself in your doctrine. Thereby you will save yourself and your hearers. Uh, practice and cultivate and meditate upon these things. Throw yourself wholly unto them, so that your progress may become evident to everybody. The most important person to be convinced of your progress, if you want to grow you know, you get things like spiritual growth seminars. It is very simple. With the measure that you hear and you give attention and study to, that's what Jesus said in, in the, the parable of, of um, the sower, is what you receive. So one does have an influence, is to meditate upon these things. That is something which takes place in private, morning, noon, and at night. And I use those times of the day advisedly, that God is the God of the morning, the noon, and at night. Because we've got different temptations at different times. But to meditate upon that, it does have, uh, and Psalm 1 is also very explicit about that, it does have a growing effect, a progressing effect. And you know, the most important person to boast with, with one's growth in God, is yourself. <laughs> So then uh, is to see that this stuff does work. This is 2 Peter 1 stuff. This is not a fable. This is not just a form of Christian religion. This is the very power of God bringing his majesty of the king to my life. This does work. So if something works from grace to grace, it stirs the appetite for more so, and, and, and the like. So to meditate upon these things. For the Holy Spirit to bring things into remembrance, to be a dot connector, to get some, uh, to get, uh, to to share one's one's little anecdotes, your little victories, then you get Jesus into that very topic, 
and you don't limit God. And you create your capacity to receive more from God by these very simple things. Or uncomplicated. The word simple, obviously, I'm not saying it in a, in a negative sense. Uncomplicated sense. So that the simplicity of Christ Jesus comes to one's mind, comes to your heart. One receives and you, you, have, a, you have an expectation of reward. And then one's expectations are exceeded. Uh, also, whether one is interested in public preaching or not, this is, is also what I'm about to share is also good for everyone. 2 Timothy 2.15. Um, study to show yourself approved unto God, a, a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain, vain babblings. Stuff that is not of use, fable talk and, 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 um, and, and things which, which are not of edification, to avoid those things, but to study, to give yourself to study of the word so that you can apply the word for yourself and if others are interested in listening to one in the way that you need not to be ashamed. It does take some, some application. It does take some swordsmanship that you need to be able, it's a weapon, you need to, to develop some weapon skills, some weapon dexterity, how it works, how it, when it does it work, how to deploy your weapons, and that your hands know where to go. Same thing with the word of God, because it is a two-edged sword. And the telltale sign when one is beginning to make progress, remember we spoke about progress earlier, is in your handling of the word, a workman who need not to be ashamed, who correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth, even to your own ears, is once the word does not bring shame, you're on the right track. <laughs> if the word brings shame, you're not on the right track. So go to Jesus, ask him questions, that the word of the Lord is as a lamp unto one's feet. It is sweet. And so you don't need to know everything about anything, and everything about everything, rather. But once one's getting skilled in the word, is to get something out of the word which is to your benefit to apply the word in a situation that it does not bring fear, that it does not bring shame, that it does not promote pain, then one is becoming skillful in the word of God. And these things come from sweating the small stuff, connecting the dots, being thankful, asking questions, meditating upon the, upon the, uh, the word of God, and talking to others about that. So, there are many things that one can add to it, but I think that is the picture that, it, that goes that, that explains what, what I'm conveying. And these things have stood me in the best and good stead. I still need them today for tomorrow. Because one might face some challenges, but then it's good to know that one has conquered in the past, that those small mountains 
and mountain ranges have gone into the sea, that the bear has been defeated, that once got down like, like one of, like, like the mighty men of David, this one fellow went into a cold day into a pit and killed a lion. A cold day into a pit and killed a lion. That one will be able to destroy those, those enemies. There's something which Holy Spirit reminds me now about, about giving at the risk of coming across as random. It's not random. Uh, I'd, I'd rather share that than, than having a regret later. On this thing of, of, of giving or from finances, wisdom that brings riches, humility that brings riches, and to learn from Jesus was the humble one. The humble one, Jesus, if, if one wants to know humility, you need to know Jesus. Was Jesus kind with, with people who were struggling? One can answer those questions for yourself. Was Jesus... Um, the case in point is the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. What was his response? But also on those who made life difficult for Jesus, he did not shrink back from challenging assumptions. Jesus did strike many assumptions with a, with a hammer fist, as it were. That's the humble one. So in understanding humility, I want to put that out there for anyone who's interested. You cannot understand humility without knowing Jesus. He is humility. And <clears throat> to follow him is a safe place of not being resisted. That's a place for, for grace. Then also in 1 Thessalonians 4, I'm just going back to the giving things, is uh, it says, you work with your own hands. One is encouraged with your own, to work with your own hands as far as you can that you may lack nothing and that you may learn how to walk worthy of God. Lack does not bring glory to the Father. So if one has got lack today, it's not a cause to, embarrassed or to be embarrassed or to be in condemnation. It's to have an expectation, to go into the Word, to speak the Word, and to know that lack is not great. Lack is not good. God does not want us to be in lack in anything, in any good thing. He wants us to walk worthy of him. To put it in a, in a very reverent example, think of Jesus, the wise one, the humble one. How did he treat guests? Jesus had huge outreaches, and then he treated everyone to meals. He was generous. Jesus was not the type of fellow that invited you to a, to a fire, and then he says it's a bride. He invited you, and those that invited, he cared for them because he understood that the Father is not a person of lack. So I'm just going back to, 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 to and, and I know that the risk may be that I might come across as, as random, but I would rather yield to, to the Holy Spirit reminding me about, about things. So these are, are some of the things that I wanted us to, to, to share. And I trust that dots will be connected, questions will be answered. But I also call upon fresh, answer, fresh questions in your minds that you will go to that, that only Jesus can answer. Yes, he might use a human, person, a human being in the process, but he's the one that can answer those questions. So uh, 
I want us to leave here with more questions. Not that one is like you don't know what's happening, you've got more questions than answers, but to ask questions knowing very well that it will set the answers for a revelation of grace from grace, to be thankful, to have expectations of rewards, for no shame, for no pain, and for an expectation of, of mountains to be cast into, into the sea. Uh, I trust and I hope that these things fit like a hand in love uh, and that, that I did not make too a disjointed task of job of bringing these things across. Yes, are these projections of my own art? Yes, of course. I'm unashamed to, 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 to say that. But it, is, it gives one great pleasure to talk about things which is not just merely theoretical or a product of, of things that you concocted together. Those are the things which, which stood me in good stead over the last couple of years, that are standing me in good stead now, and that I need to, to go forward. And that is good for, for each and every one of us. Um, okay. Uh, oh, Ilza. As we worship, God reminded me to remind you that the peace is true, that it's a just and a true and a correct peace, that the enemies, that your enemies cannot come back. They will not come back. It is not too, too good to be true. It is true and it's good and it's better and it's more true than you think. Those enemies cannot come back. They will not come back. It's not a false peace. It's not a lull and fire. It is not just like a truce or a safe place in a war zone. Those enemies have been defeated. They shall never come back. Okay. Okay. I thank you kindly. Jesus, thank you that you are the word. Holy Spirit, thank you that you remind us of things that Jesus said. Thank you, Lord, that you put us in a place to receive, that you give us grace to receive grace upon grace. Thank you, Lord, that our expectation from you is a reward of trusting in you, good things. Thank you, Lord, that our future is one of peace. Thank you, Lord, that we've got nothing to fear. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Prince of Peace, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we can accept what you say about us and that we can start living that. Thank you that you make us bold. Thank you for your love that casts out fear. Thank you for your love that makes us bold. Thank you for your love that teaches us proper humility to be like one or like those that have been with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I ask that the Holy Spirit will remind us about things that we discussed today, that you will give us opportunities to share these things. And this will set the scene in a humble way, perhaps, for more things to follow, for more glory to follow, for breakthroughs to follow, for mountains to go into the sea. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for an expectation. And thank you, Lord, that you are true to your word. Thank you, Lord, that we are not, that we shall never be disappointed, that that's not our end game. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, for your love, for your confidence, 
for sure outcomes. For sure outcomes. And for honor upon honor and glory upon glory and for good things to come visit upon us. We thank you, Lord. So help us, God. Amen.